Welcome to Cross Section, a show discussing all things design and construction. Your hosts, Alex Regnery, project manager and self-proclaimed recovering architect, and myself, Nathaniel St. Jean, registered architect and builder, tackle the vast spectrum of our fields. Whether you're a seasoned pro, student, or just generally curious about the industry, there's something for everyone. And don't worry, there's plenty of nonsense and humor to lighten the mood. So let's get started. Well, 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 we're back. Good afternoon. Have you ever heard of the Chickasaw Mud Puppies? Uh, no. Have a lot of people? <laughs> well, so first of all, they're not around anymore. Okay. They're a band back in the, they might have started like in the late 80s into the early 90s, probably mid 90s. I'm going to guess somewhere around there, they were done. They were from Athens. Michael Stipe uh, pr helped produce them, just two guys. Anyway, I've had at least two people tell me that our intro reminds them of that band. So oh. you're going to have to look them up there, uh, St. Jean. Nice. Yeah, I have, uh, it's, I don't know if I can play another piece of it here. It's got like that. I like the beat of it. Yep. There. Twangy guitar, some harp in there. That's right. They interviewed one of the guys a couple years after they broke up or shortly after they broke up and asked him why. And uh, whoever, I don't remember the guy, either one of the guy's names, but he, uh, he said, we were having too much fun. <laughs> it is possible, I guess, right? <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like our intro song. We're going to start incorporating some more uh, of the music, I think, into this podcast to keep people uh, keep people engaged and to kind of create the scene, right? So, ah. yeah, we'll have to play around with that. Um, yeah, we have an interesting show for you guys today. We have an interesting topic. I think those of you that are homeowners or thinking about becoming homeowners, we can unpack some stuff for you. But I think before we get into that, just checking in with us because Alex and I have been, if anyone has noticed, we have not been recording together. We're at distant, different locations here. So every now and then we like to just use the podcast to check in. So what's happening, Alex? What's going on? Well, let's see. Took the week off last week. Had a, had a good week off. Skied one day up at Cannon Mountain with my daughter. That was awesome. On a great day. Uh, in the, um, our, our, uh, mountain climbing adventures, we did Monadnock. Oh, nice. Which, uh, for those, all those listeners out there around the world that aren't familiar with New England or New Hampshire in the Southern, very Southern hemisphere of New Hampshire, um, not one of the 4,000 footers, but a fantastic climb. It actually, it, um, it brought some um, challenges that we've on that climb that we have, haven't even seen yet in some of the fours, <clears throat> which was interesting um, in the upper part when you get out of the trees. But that was fun. And then we did a we did a big one. We hit a trifecta: yeah. Mount Tom, Field, and Willie along the Willie Range. In the uh, at that that range is the western wall of the Crawford Notch. It was about 10 miler um, on an awesome, sunny, clear blue sky day. Uh, no wind at the summits, which was, you know, that's pretty rare up there. Right, right. Um, that one was awesome. Uh, I, I was absolute milk toast at the end of that one, but um, legs are legs are finding it a little bit. And it, but it was, it was a good one for nice. any, any, any of you folks out there, uh, trying out the fours to get that one on the list is a good one. So how many uh, do you have under your belt now? <laughs> so between New Year's Day of 2021 here and February and the morning of February 26, we, we had three. We went on Friday, the yeah, yeah, Friday the 26th. And the end of the day, we doubled we doubled our 4K, so we did three in one day, so that's six. Nice. Yeah, moving right along yeah. there. We're moving along. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. I, uh, How about yourself? Well, I find myself in a situation that I'm sure a lot of our listeners find themselves in, and uh, not a lot to report these days. I have uh, The weather has been getting nicer, so I've been gearing up to get back outside on the bike and go fishing, but just putting around the house these days. <laughs> get in the hills, man. Get up in the hills. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we've been snowshoeing a few times and yeah, kind of walking around the neighborhood, but uh, I'm one of those people in winter. I think I said this previously. I like to hibernate in the winter. <laughs> well, you know, that's all right. That's all right. So March represent this when we're recording. This is in the start of March here. One of the my least favorite months because spring every now and then teases you, but you know, you still have a few weeks to go. Oh man, I used to be many years ago, even before moving to New England, come March, you know, it's like, oh, spring, spring's right around the corner. Mm-mm. And right. then, you know, you get a little tease and then you get slammed with another storm. Mm-mm. So, you know what? As of about, I don't know how many years ago, 10 years ago, I don't trust March. <laughs> I don't trust her. So I just let her have her way right you make them um, come April. that's right come april one now i'm ready <laughs> all right yeah no fooling around april that's right so I'm, i am in that state where i'm like really excited and eager for spring but depressed that it's still winter so i'm in the that interstitial zone there of, of just waiting <laughs> But I think uh, that's why we're doing part of this podcast here, so we can take a break from my uh, monotony yeah. of what is this pandemic. So why don't we jump into the uh, the episode today? I kind of gave a little teaser before. Is uh, this is another one around home ownership or anyone thinking about purchasing a home? Uh, Alex and I created a little list of things here. So the topic around home ownership this week is all about mistakes. And we created this list based on some of the mistakes I've seen over the years from the building side. And uh, Alex has added some elements in here as well. And some of these are actually items I thought of as a homeowner, which I'm sure Alex, you did as well. So right at the top, the biggest mistake is (laughs) buying a home. (laughs) Yeah, I, I didn't add that on to the list. That's the biggest mistake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think owning a house or thinking about buying a house here, that that's definitely a, the big decision, right? Um, and I think this list that we've come up with here will, will certainly help you realize other elements you have to think about that comes with home ownership that many of us don't think about. So yeah. we're actually going to, it's going to be similar to some of the other episodes. We, we did these lists here. We're going to just walk through a handful of them. We'll see how far we get. And if we have to continue, hey, we'll, we're happy to continue. So they're in no particular order. So we'll start off with our very first one here. And this one I actually <laughs> both participate in as a homeowner, which is terrible. And I've also witnessed as a project manager working in residential construction here. Uh, the first one has to do with uh, if you're doing a project at your house, you're a, you're DIYing something, you got something going on for the weekend uh, warrior. Too many trips to the store, so the you got the one project, you know what it entails, and yet you find yourself going to the hardware store, local building store, more than once. Oh, you're talking about the hardware store? I thought you were talking about the liquor store. <laughs> oh, okay. Depending how far along this project is for you, it depends where you're going, I guess. Yeah, too many trips to the store. That just comes with, um, well, it can come with not great planning, obviously. Not planning through that project and determining all the things you need. But um, it's still, I I still find you, myself anyway, you know, you still forget something you get all set up to even if it's just a painting project and you know you need some new rollers and obviously the paint and you get all this stuff and right. you start getting into it what it is what it real to me what this really relates to is just especially with older homes you don't know what you're getting into and as soon as you get into it you find something you didn't 
plan for. So there is going to be a little of that, you know, but uh, better planning will minimize those trips to the store. And depending on where you live, if you're out in the sticks, you don't want to forget too many things. That's right. That's why I actually added it on there because some of the projects I've worked on in the past, the nearest hardware store or building store was maybe 20, 25 minutes away. So if you found yourself going there more than once over a short, over a day, it's a lot of time wasted. And I think that actually maybe falls into another one on here, which was actually underestimating the time it takes because, Ooh, yeah, right. You have an initial understanding of how long it's going to take to, I don't know, replace your faucet or paint a room or, or what have you. But if you find yourself going to the store too many times, that eats into your day. And then once you start unpacking the project, you realize, yeah, there's, there's things that are going to happen that you didn't expect. Yeah. So real quick, back to the trips to the store. Here's a plug for our town uh, of Nashua, our fair city, and the hardware store downtown, the Ace Hardware. Uh, the fact that we live in um, the, uh, the North End. You're cons- are you considered North End? Yeah, this is all of I mean, the, you're even closer to the downtown, so you're you're considered North End. Oh, man, that hardware store is right downtown. So, you know, even though I've done it probably three times in a day, <laughs> uh, at least it's close. Underestimating time, um, underestimating time. Yeah, again, here here's what you got to do, Nathaniel. You got to think through your little project and how much time, you know, the stuff you need and how much time and you know, painting and drying time or doing drywall stuff. You got to think of all the steps and what you need and you times it by two, right? Just times it by two. And then when you're all done with that, times it by two again. (laughs) (laughs) Play it really safe there. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the ones experienced DIYers, people that are comfortable working on projects around their house as soon as you've done it once and you realize you you definitely underestimated the time, now you know what the expectation is knowing again, that something is unexpected is going to come up. Uh, so you build that in, right? You're going to replace a faucet. Took you four hours the first time, you know, it's going to take you four hours. Uh, maybe now you're going to do a little faster, but for a new homeowner, they want to, they just bought their house. They just moved in. They want to paint some interior rooms, your house. It's more than a weekend project. I think so. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then the little slightly bigger type projects than just painting, you know, even, you know, putting up shelves and anchoring them to the wall, you, what you don't, you're not probably sure what you're getting into, uh, the type of wall and where the stud is and what's behind there and the type of bits you need and anchors and all that kind of stuff. And it, Oh yeah. And then you got to patch little holes and yeah, that's right. That's actually an interesting little project there that could lead into another point we have on here, which is about becoming intimidated. So it's very easily to become intimidated as soon as you get into a project, realizing that something is happening that you were not expecting. There's something in the wall where that shelf is going. The water's leaking as you're starting to take out your plumbing. Well, could you, I could use the analogy of um, of of uh, hiking these uh, 4Ks. You got to know when to turn back. <laughs> Get a little intimidated or whatever, you know, whatever's coming, you know. Um, I have gotten to the point where I probably know my, well, I think I know most of my limits. I will not touch electrical. I mean, I can replace a light fixture, pull a ceiling fan light fixture out and make sure I got the, got the, uh, the, you know, I'll, I can figure out turning off that circuit, but, uh, I have been zapped a few times. Oh, um, all right. It, it getting into, you know, hitting the, hitting the screwdriver or whatever, you know, and, but, uh, um, uh, but I, yeah. Otherwise, you know, when you, when it gets into like replacing outlets and blah, 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 you know, a little bit more than just kind of the simple stuff like electrical, I won't do it. Um, some of the basic plumbing I'll attack, but, uh, that's the thing is kind of knowing your limits. 
I was just going to say um, that's the big thing with that. Know what you're capable yeah. of doing, and you don't want to start paddling up that creek knowing it's a something you're not you've never done before and you're going to find yourself in a very uncomfortable position. It's a very quick way to become intimidated and, and kind of abandon the project. Oh yeah. Cause that's what you don't want to do. So, you know, ask questions, call up somebody, you know, your neighbor or whatever, <clears throat> your grandfather. Right. Yeah. Anyone who can help you out there. That's certainly yeah. good advice there. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. So some of these are actually a little related here. So another item I, I thought about is, maybe it, it does relate to becoming intimidated depending on the size of the project. And if it's within your limits is not following through. A lot of times people are working on projects and they get to the point in which you and I will call or anyone in the industry will call like the punch list, right? The elements at the end of your project that got missed during the process that you have to kind of go back and, and address. And, I find a lot of homeowners that I've uh, worked on projects for and with, they miss that. They just, they're like, oh, it's fine. They're over it. The project is done. They don't want to address it or they'll get to it eventually. Oh yeah. Those, yeah. Kind of those unfinished things. Yeah. We're familiar with that. Like you said, with the punch list uh, period, you know, which is, I mean, honestly, it's all those little things are the hardest things to finish up. Um, yeah, in fact, um, a project that I finished, oh, a couple, it was, it was between Thanksgiving and, um, and Christmas. And I utilized the, um, the, the primed um, trim. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's all the, and it's all like the big, bigger stuff. It's not like that little colonial crap that I hate and, and stuff like that they're they're pretty sizable you know um uh like the baseboard and then the trim around the windows and doors and stuff anyway it was all pre-painted right or, or i should say primed and and when you put it up i mean from a distance it looks like it's <laughs> well i had um i had painted all the kind of obvious stuff that's right in front of you the, the trim around the windows and everything um one coat and then like the board the baseboard which is eight inch board it's pretty tall yeah eight or six i mean you know what i think it might be six anyway you know it's towards the end you got everything pretty much done the shelves are up and all this stuff and you start putting things on the shelf and i keep looking at that baseboard going yeah you can't really tell <laughs> and I got, and I got people coming, you know, in the next week or so for the holidays and stuff. And, you know, you're doing other things and cleaning up and patching little things in the walls that are obvious and you keep looking at that baseboard. Yeah, you can't really tell, but it was on my mind and it was bugging the crap out of me. And one night I just said, nope, I can't leave it. I just can't do it. So I put on a, you know, a good heavy coat of paint and you know what? It makes you feel a lot better when you follow through and you finish those little things that need to be done. Cause if I put the furniture in there and all that stuff, then it's in never a month, if the holidays go and, and everybody's come and gone, you're not going to do it. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like a lot of us probably have that same, uh, issue. Even if you buy a house and don't do any work, if you're like in a particular space, you're like, Oh, I'll update that one day. Oh, I'll, I'll paint that little, smidge on the wall there or whatever. I have that problem in my bathroom where I'm like brushing my teeth every morning or and every night. And I'm like just standing there looking at a spot up on the wall that got missed that someone painted before me. And I'm like, one of, yeah, these, yeah. One of these days I'm brushing my teeth. One of these days I'll get that. It just sits there. <laughs> and the thing is, which, which is hard to really hard to think about. It's getting a little easier for me, Nathaniel, because, you know, this is what our fourth old, uh, old home we've owned over a hundred years for all four of them. Um, and, um, you know, it's easier for us, for me to think about, um, the end line of this particular home. Yes. Most people it's like, you know, and you don't think about like putting it on the market, selling it. Right. Do you want that big, long list of stuff to do? That's and 
um yeah it's 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 you know it's tough to to do those little things but just you know you know kind of uh um just just do it <laughs> just do it yeah and that's just actually an interesting it. uh an interesting point there and it's a it's a little off topic but the idea of kind of overdeveloping or overspending on your home right because you don't want to find yourself in a position where you've put in all of this um, time energy money try to build equity into your house and then you find out based on the market it's it's not worth it right depending on location age of your house oh no, yeah that uh, that is a another cop well it, it's definitely all related to this and it can go that can go either way yeah right because some of these other bullets that we're going to talk about here is make sure making sure that you're doing enough or doing it right yeah. But yeah, you can over you can overdo it for sure, and not, you know, if if dollars matter to you, which I think most people it does, uh, but sort of to the average homeowner, let's say, um, it does matter, and and uh, yeah, you don't want to come because you're not going to get a hundred cents on the dollar back, right? Yeah, so it's really being strategic about that. So you're right. Some of the things we're talking about is not following through. And even another one on there, right, is, yeah, ignoring the little things or giving it good enough are they could come back to bite you if you go to sell your house and you've done a, a par job, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for newer homeowners, you know, there's these things called home inspections. And not only are you going to want a certain level of inspections done on the home you're buying. Eventually, the home that you're going to be selling, you're going to, someone else is going to have an inspection. So take care of the low hanging fruit while you're there. Um, you know, even that that door on the bathroom that just won't latch, right? Um, kind of maybe figure out why it won't if it's an easy thing you can take care of but if you don't and it's going to end up on the it, that's not going to be a make or break deal or anything but when you add all these little things up that's right again low-hanging fruit fruit you can take care of i mean you know i, I think people should think about those little things yeah and it, it's make don't make those go away right as many yeah. as many as possible so that when someone is looking at your home uh, to buy it. You, you, you don't have, you know, 20 of these little silly little things. Yeah. And what was always interesting to me about that, because I remember when I went through that process, when I bought this house, I did with the home inspector, they have their report. I had my list, right. And it's a laundry, it's usually a laundry list of things, depending on how the owner treated their home. And it, I always wonder, I was, I think about this a lot is, why not address those things when you live in the home so that you can enjoy the thing working again or enjoy it looking <laughs> nice rather than waiting until you're about to sell the house to do it? Cause then you, it, it doesn't matter to you. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all That's a funny one. If you keep tripping over it, right. Fix it. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I'm sure we all, I mean, th there are still things in, in, in my house that I could very easily address. It's just, you, you kick it down the road until you, you kind of get to that breaking point. That's right. Yeah. So what else do we got here? Oh, improperly measuring. Ooh, yeah. You can get burned on that one pretty quick. Oh yeah. So how, how's the saying go? Uh, measure once cut several times That's right. <laughs> and then go back to the store. Right. <laughs> For hours. Because he cut it too many times. And, and then you become intimidated with the project in general. <laughs> I would say starting off with that, and we, you know what? I think I'm going to measure measured. That's funny. Mentioned something about this when we talked about the basic tools uh, a few episodes ago yeah. is uh, when you're buying furniture, yeah. first of all, oh, yeah. you know, make sure you got a nice little tape measure to be able to, to measure um, and, and to not just measure like the length of the couch where, where it's going to go, 
but you know, is it a sectional where it turns the corner, make sure you get in both directions, but also get that dimension, the depth of it away from the wall, because you know, you don't normally like jam furniture up against the wall. I mean, you know, if you if you have a baseboard like I do in my house, you got to pull that thing off the wall a little bit that you could lose as many as six inches. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then you then you get that nice big sectional home and it just doesn't work. You know, just measure measure every corner out. Then you get into projects, right? Whatever they are. Yeah. You you want to measure a few times. Yeah. And I, I mean, measuring is involved in all aspects of construction of homeowner projects, uh, whether it's a construction project, whether it's, yeah, like you're saying, just getting some new furniture. It's all uh, super important because you'll find that if you improperly measure a space and say you're going to replace the floor, well, you might now have less product than you needed. You didn't calculate your overage enough or anything like that, which is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's right. There's nothing like it, especially when you're getting towards the end of that project and you got to make, you know, this one or two more cuts or whatever, and you just do a quick measurement and you go cut it and you bring it back and you go, Ooh, big, big, big expletive, you know? Uh, yeah, that uh, measure twice. Yep. Measure twice. The old adage, measure twice, cut once. There's probably more to that, but that's that's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's definitely an important one. And as as we get through here, you'll you'll we'll start to notice there's already some themes uh, un- unraveling here. Something else I I thought of is biting off more than you can chew, and and that actually does relate back to what we were talking about about becoming intimidated and not following through because. Mm-hmm. If you think you can handle a project and then realize after you've already started the thing that it's way above your expertise, you're going to be in trouble because now the vanity is off the wall already. The toilet is shut off, right? And and now you could find yourself in trouble. And from a a builder standpoint, a contractor standpoint, or any uh, home improvement person or handyman is... That they're going to be expensive to come and fix that for you because you've already messed it up. Well, and you probably got yourself in that position because of a financial decision. Anyway, I want to save money. You know, I don't yep. want to spend a lot of money on this, but I, I, I want to sort of tackle this myself. So <laughs> I ran into that. Um, oh boy. Uh, maybe less, well, about six months ago, although no, it, it, it started last summer. And, uh, so we had this just nasty wallpaper in the dining room. Um, that's right. I remember we talked about this. Yeah. And you know, from like two generations ago and it's just like, this has got to go. And so I, I readied myself and started chipping away at it a little bit. And then, um, you know, of course, we're in the middle of COVID. And one of my sons started taking over. And I was not supervising a whole lot. So he was just going at it. God bless him. Great. You know, that one of your kid, kids wants to go at it. And after a few days, and I realized what was going on in there. <laughs> and, oh, man, just chewed into the plaster that was a mess. I mean, there's no doubt that it was a mess, but, um, and, and he had probably hit about almost half, half of the wall surface in there. Right. And it's a, it is not only made an incredible mess in there and, um, you know, paper and plaster, all the floor that you're constantly sweeping up and it's sticking to the floor and all that, but the walls themselves were an absolute <laughs> mess. And for weeks and weeks and weeks of going in and out of there, you know, cause he had stopped because he had started a new job. Right. And I'm just going in there every day going, Oh man, this is, this is a mess. This, I don't want to do it. I want this to go. And I kept just walking out of there and closing the door, like literally <laughs> close the door. You don't see it. 
but it was our dining room and we were feeling the, uh, the loss of the space pretty quickly. So anyway, I said, I, I did, um, consider, okay, if I just do this, do it this way, right. And get it done, it'll be good enough. And cause I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it, but I wanted it to be right. Right. And I, you know, I definitely made the right decision, called up a couple, um, couple buddies, um, that are, that are carpenters and, um, they gave me a quote and I hired one of them and they came in there and fixed those walls in about three or four days <laughs> and then I painted them and, um, that was the right thing to do. So I spent a little bit more money than I wanted to spend, but here's the thing. If I had done it just to make it look good. And I don't know, let's say that we're here for another five years is very possible that I would have been seeing the problems with it right. within five years. Right. And then I just personally, I couldn't have like, I couldn't have felt good about selling the house and having somebody just have this mess. <laughs> right. I wanted them to know that I did it right. And, uh, oh man, these guys were unbelievable. They were so good with plastic. I mean, when they were done, walked out of there, I, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you try and, uh, do a little more than, than what you're capable of doing. And it may mean spending a little bit more money, but, um, yeah, what, what's interesting, I think it's worth it. I, uh, I, I always joke around with some of my, my other, uh, friends I went to architecture school with and they're, they're all architects working in firms now. And some of them are starting to get their own homes. You know, it's like, and they're like, they're asking me cause I've had my house for a while now. They're like, Oh, what, what are you working on? How do you keep up with certain things? And I'm like, well, if you give an architect a house, man, it's, they're going to just keep doing something. Right. And I'm sure it's the same with builders, contractors, remodelers. And oh, yeah. you have to know, when to kind of call someone else into it because it's going to come down to time and money. Could you, uh, like re-roof your garage? Yeah, probably. But do you want to be doing that? Probably not. Right. <laughs> probably not. And, and then, you know, when there's the leak. Yeah. Then do you know how to f find it, fix a leak in a roof, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. So that's actually a really important one. And, and you actually brought up uh, in, in this plaster project that you, you brought in some, some guys for another point on here is a mistake people often make uh, when they're working on or getting ready to work on projects in their house is not getting multiple bids on the project. So they're just calling the one uh, company, they're getting the number saying, oh, wow, that's, that's expensive. And, and inviting them in to do the project. It's really important to be getting multiple bids on your project so that you are comfortable with the price and the reputation and character and et cetera of all these, all these contractors. So yeah, I'm sure yep. we both have a lot of experience with that just given what we, what we do. What we do, but also what I've, I've, I've had my own personal experience with it too. Yeah. And you know, the recommendation, you know, from a friend, Hey, use this guy, Bob or whatever for your project. I just had him do, you know, my basement or whatever. And so you just hire the guy. Um, and it turned out to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> it was a complete nightmare. Um, and with my friends all good intentions. Maybe, maybe they had a great experience, but it doesn't mean that you will. It is so important to just get a second opinion. If you do it with your health issues and your, or your car, <laughs> do it with your house. It's easy. Get, get it's so easy. And, uh, and so like, you know, these two guys that I have, um, locally here that they both have worked in my house on different projects 
they, I don't know how much they actually know each other, but they both know that I utilize both of them and they both are willing to give me numbers on stuff. And they're like, Hey, you know, it, however it works for you. They, they don't take it personally, anything. And yes. uh, it can, it can work out pretty well. And, and you want to get, look again, I think most people of our, most people we're talking to right now is that average homeowner where dollars matter. We're not talking about the, we're not talking about the McMansions here, right? The multi-million dollar home. So dollars matter. So yeah, get that second price for that roof. Yeah. And again, it's important, like you're saying, to get that second opinion. It can also help like from the contractor side or the whoever's coming in, they know that you're doing this. In fact, they're probably assuming that you're doing this or should be doing that anyway. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, something we could talk about down, down the line is as a homeowner, the more projects you experience doing this, you can actually start to leverage that, right? Is if you really want to work with one company, but they're a little more money, you can start to negotiate and, and kind of work through that. that that's, that, that's a different conversation. Um, but like you kind of hinted toward, it's all about that relationship with, with the people that you're working with. And, and, uh, learning, right? One Absolutely. company, you can learn something from them giving you a number on something. Um, you know, you're redoing your basement or re, uh, um, you know, a new roof and you're looking at their proposal and you're looking at, uh, it might make you think about things you didn't, you, you weren't aware of. And then you can compare that to, you know, another, another bid, another contractor's proposal. And now you can start kind of asking questions between the two. Right. And so it yeah. can be a kind of a learning curve too. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually a very good point. Um, what else uh, we're kind of thinking about here too. So a lot of these are say you, um, yeah, you're buying your house, you're starting these projects. Even if you do not do projects on your house, your house is going to require projects and I'll call that, I'll put it under the umbrella term of maintenance. So if you're not doing anything yeah. in your house over time, your house is going to require maintenance, just like your car, just like your health, you need to maintain the structure so that it operates properly. Yeah. So, so true. And, um, and lumped in with that is, um, not budgeting, for home expenses. Yeah, that's important. So, um, and, and that's a little bit different from an emergency fund, which is another topic, uh, bullet here you got, but maintenance and a budget for it, you know, you, again, we're talking, I think to sort of that average homeowner audience here, you know, you're, you're trying to save money, right? Trying to put money in savings. Maybe you're thinking about money you're trying to put away in a retirement fund. You should, you should think about um, uh, the you know budgeting for for expenses in your you know probably not weekly but somewhat to a level of your monthly expenses because there's always going to be something and this also relates to you know a few bullets ago ignoring those little things yeah those are probably yep. more maintenance related and uh, keeping up with it because yep it that little leaky faucet. Uh, in the kitchen that I have, <clears throat> the worse it gets, you know, it's not just going to be the faucet. That's right. Um, and, and actually I do, you, it, this is not a procrastination thing with our little kitchen leaky faucet to use that as an example, which is leaking behind the faucet on the crappy, I hate plastic laminate countertops, but that's what was given to us when we bought the house. And, but I have a bigger plan for it. It's just not right. quite there yet in yep. the whole uh, planning and budgeting, but it's getting there. Um, but don't ignore it because it can make other, something else worse that you're right. not seeing. Right. And then you're spending even more money. So when you're, you know, just because you don't see it, um, you know, when you're thinking about money and, and, and trying to budget or save, save money and how to budget it. Yeah. And it's not, some of these maintenance items that I could think of are not major costs. I mean, something we have in our notes here is changing the air filter in your furnace, right? I mean, it's not yep. a huge cost, but yet it can make your home energy that much more 
efficient because if the filter <laughs> has never been changed, has been changed in a long time, it's, it's useless and crap is getting into your air regardless. And it's backed up. Um, yep. And into your lungs. And yeah. it's an easy thing to do. They're cheap and it's easy to do. As soon as you're shown how to do it, you're, yeah. you can't wait to do it six months from now. Yeah, that's right. Again. Yep. So air filters is kind of a classic one. Everyone's always telling you, depending on where you are, like uh, cleaning out your cleaning out the old gutters so that they work as gutters. They're not. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's a biggie. So there's a handful of them, but the idea is that if if you start neglecting those things, they could actually uh, become compounded and create bigger issues for you and the house. And it, it could actually start to significantly impact the house, and you'll have to work on larger repairs or bigger projects that you do not want. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. And, and you kind of mentioned it, right? Is like that emergency funding or um, budgeting for those expenses. Those un, uh, unanticipated projects, unexpected projects, if you don't have a way to f- handle them because they'll have to be handled, right? If it, something happened to, I don't know, the roof started to leak and it wasn't covered under your homeowner's insurance or something, that's an emergency. You need to get it fixed, right? Yeah. Um, your hot water heater blows up. Ah, yeah. Well, that's actually... I don't mean literally blows up. That's a terrible <laughs> way to put it, but it, 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 um, craps out on you. That's actually, yeah, that right? is the biggest one people see in, uh, that's a ma- That's actually, I would actually link that to maintenance, right? Is the maintenance for that is just keeping an eye on it. If you notice it's leaking ever so slowly, it's time to replace it. Don't wait until it dies. <laughs> no, very true. Um, and just to be clear for our audience here, I I separate um, that emergency fund from like regular budgeting, right? Yeah. yeah. And okay, how much should that be? I mean, obviously it's all relative. I would probably, I mean, what, what emergency, any emergency is cheap, <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, even... The kind you end up in a in the um, ambulance or a hospital, God forbid, but you know, broken leg, whatever, those aren't cheap. Um, so with your house, no, those emergencies aren't cheap either. I would probably say, as a rule of thumb, sort of generally, probably between five and ten thousand, you should have um, in a in a fund for that. Yeah. And it's, again, it's something you kind of build over time because it is an emergency setting. It's not something that's going to necessarily happen yearly. It's kind of that just in case I've heard other people, uh, again, this one's actually kind of tricky, but I I have heard some people that do this. They use, uh, like if they have a vacation fund, if they have an emergency, they draw from their vacation. Yeah. Totally different conversation, but yeah, you got all these, (laughs) we're talking about all these little different funds and budgets and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, you can, you can borrow and steal from, from those. Yeah. So so many ways, but as long you you need to have something to be able to tackle that if there's ever an issue, especially as a new homeowner, because you don't know. Yeah. Kind of a nightmare one real quick. Old neighbor, um, a past neighbor, um, they uh, they had a major problem with their plumbing and the city came out and what was determined is their line, the owner's line from the tap to the house had collapsed. Ooh. Guess who that is on? It's not on the city, not the, yeah, not the city. because as soon as it comes off the, the main line to your house, you own it. Yep. You don't see it. How do you think about ever knowing? And, you know, you talk about checking on maintenance and stuff. <laughs> uh, it's that time of month. I got to send the camera down. my. You know, you're not thinking that. And, and it was it was ugly because you're talking about, you know, getting diggers out. There. Oh, yeah, that's a that was a, that was an ugly one. So yeah, emergency no funds. Fun. What's next? Emergency funds. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's actually an interesting one. So. This is actually maybe for a new homeowner. And this might just be me personally, but a mistake for a new homeowner is making changes too soon. Because the reason I, I thought of that is you, you just bought the house. You're just getting settled in. You're learning about the house. So before you go changing anything in the house, get to know it. 
because as soon as you start changing things and the house is so new to you, it could actually create a ripple effect and other things in the house might start going wrong. Oh, 100%. So as much as you hate whatever that is that you hate in that house, you know, we bought the house because we love it, but God, this, this closet or hell, the kitchen, the kitchen countertops, I hate it. I hate there's something you hate about it. You know what? Take a little time to get to know it and hate it a little bit more. Yeah. Cause then when you do, um, kind of figure all those things out and do it, then you'll be uh, happier in the end. But yeah, you can make, you can definitely make um, certain decisions too soon that you didn't think of, you know, kind of down the road that impact other things. Yeah. Yeah. So give it time. Yeah. Give it some time. I mean, obviously there are things that you can do to the house if you just buy it. A lot of People like to paint, update the paint in the rooms, switch out hardware in their kitchen cabinets. Like that's easy stuff. I'm talking about if you're doing a major remodel project on a space or switching out finishes, those things live with your house for a little while. Get to know it before you start ripping things up. That's right. You're almost talking like an architect. That's all I ask. (laughs) (laughs) Respect it for a little while. And then if you truly hate it, destroy it. Destroy it. Right. So, yeah, no, this is a major list. I actually have one more item on here. And I actually, I wrote this because I am in this situation where I haven't pulled the trigger yet. But it depends where you live. It, It depends what sort of documentation comes with your house or is associated with your house. Uh, But a mistake for a new homeowner or a homeowner not knowing where your property line is and, <laughs> and sometimes there, that can po- that can probably pose some problems actually along with that yeah knowing the property line uh how about respecting the property that's <laughs> yeah especially as a new homeowner right oh yep. man because that can be one with your neighbors you can really get into it yeah and i think so that's actually maybe yeah we can crack that open it's a really important thing especially, I mean, we live in Nashua. It's a, call it a dense city. I'm in a, I'm in downtown. Houses are on top of each other. If there are things that are happening between two houses, let's say, but no one knows exactly what part of the land is his, hers, or theirs, it can get a little tricky. Want to put up a fence, some plantings, want to take down a tree. Fences are the big one. Yeah. They are really the big one. Now, in, 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 I would say in most cases, in within the city limits in of pretty much any town, there's there there's I can't imagine that there is a town within the lit, town limits that does not have a uh, a fence ordinance. Oh, yeah. And so there, there's so you got, you have to get a permit. Yep. You know, there's setback requirements, um, or even if it is on the property line. You know, there's height requirements and limitations and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and, and then to the, what I mentioned about respecting the property line, don't think that you can go by the theory of um, um, it's easier for us to ask for forgiveness than permission. You know, I, I had a friend, man, he, he didn't like these trees. He just didn't like them. And he was getting certain trees on his property cut down and he had a tree cut down that was like more on the neighbor's side of the property line, but he's going to play stupid and just ran into a complete nightmare. A legal nightmare, I'm sure. Yeah. So you got to kind of respect that property line, but also kind of understanding, um, actually it's pretty important property lines and setback lines. Right. So people kind of get familiar with that when you're thinking about your yard and maybe an addition on a home, but just getting familiar with that stuff. It's actually pretty easy to call the, call the, uh, um, the building department and get that stuff. Cause it's pretty easy to find if not a line. Yeah. And, and that's the tricky part. And it, it's actually just reminds me like, it'd be really good conversation to have down the road about, uh, like the process someone would go through if they're, they are going to do like an addition or they want to do a major project. Big project. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because, so I, I mentioned the reason I thought of this is because at, at my house here, I want to put up a fence. And 
there is no plot plan on record for this house. So I don't know uh, where the property line is. So I'd have to get a surveyor to come in. Yeah, and hire a surveyor. And, and survey everything. But part of me is like, all right, well, I can I can wait for now, but it's not a big deal. But at the same time, like you're saying, you, you do not want to just put something up because the line could be three feet beyond where you were building or something. And now your fence is in your neighbor's yard and they don't want a fence, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So for all of our listeners out there from all around the world, here's a lesson you could learn from St. Jean. When you're buying a home, in all seriousness, when you're buying a home, um, if you're not seeing a plat plan, like kind of in the package of information, um, you should ask for one because of that reason right there that you're talking about is you don't, you're not exactly sure the property line is you went to go look for a plat and there isn't one at least. So, you know, up front that, yes. uh, well, what you could ask for, you could ask the current homeowner before you buy it. I need, you need to get a survey. Yep. Yeah, no, and that's definitely, a, that's a, that is good advice. And what's interesting, I mean, lots, everybody's lots going to be different because here I can, we see the markers, we know where they are. Some of them are, but there's a weird angle in the back. But, but yeah, having all of that documentation established or beginning to establish it, if it's not available, definitely, definitely sound advice. Right on. Yeah. So yeah. Get through it. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's the list I had. I think it's, it's worth sharing. Um, it reminds me of some other things we can do down the road to unpack some more. Uh, I think moving forward, we're going to we get plenty of episodes coming out. Uh, by the time this one comes out, uh, let's see, it'll be past. Uh, we have some episodes coming out about women in construction, about, uh, I think technology or something like this. Um, but anyway, I think, the topics here are slowly unpacking. So we've spent some episodes talking about uh, things homeowners can do, tools homeowners can use, things to watch out for. We are going to start really evolving the show and including more of that cross-sectional look that we were that we talked about and we kind of are setting the show around. So be on the lookout for some more episodes around uh, engineering, construction, big projects, small projects. And we're, we're starting to actually get a list of people that we're going to be talking to. So definitely going to want to tune in, tune in for those. So awesome. I, yeah, no, I think this is all, all good. I think we're going to call this one a, um, a wrap. I just want to remind everyone that all our episodes can be found at the website over at tectonicanow.com. Uh, or, uh, you can check out them on Spotify, Google, Apple podcasts, Basically, anywhere that you guys listen to podcasts, you can pretty much find cross-section. And if you're on social media or on Instagram, you can send us an email. Anyway, you can get in touch with us. Uh, we're around. So until next time, everyone, cheers. Be nice to each other out there, people.